Welcome everyone to the Oavetrona Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Mem Bet, which will include the finishing of Perek Kol and the beginning of Perek Elu Ovi. We're going to start from the bottom of Mem Aleph Amud Aleph, um, where it says Tanu Rabanan. Says the Gemara, Tanu Rabanan. Achal tzilim be'od yom chayav. If a person ate if you ate a korban pesach which was roasted which is of course the right way to do it but you ate it you ate it while it was still daytime and before the night so you ate it on the 14th of Nisan halakha is you need to get a korban if you ate the kezayit na mechashika if you eat a kezayit of rare meat mechashika when it gets dark Chayav, you're chayav for eating the na. Now the Gemara says, Katani tzli dumya dina. The Brita seems to be equating tzli and na at night. Ma na bilav, just like if you eat it na. If you eat it rare at night, bilav, you did a love and you get malchut. Av tzli bilav. Also Sounds like that Sli also should get alive. That's what the brightness seems to be implying. Bishlamana, it's cool that na you get malkut ktiv menu na. It says don't eat it na. So when you eat it na, you're going against the love. minalan. How do we know that you get malkut or alav if you eat Sli mibodyom? Tiktiv. As it says, "Va'achluat ha'basad ba'layla hazeh." It says you will eat the meat on that night. Ba'layla in biyom lo. Okay, there you go. Says the Gemara, "Hay lav haba mechlal asehu ve'chol lav haba mechlal aseh aseh." This lav is not a straight out lav. The Torah is not telling you don't eat it. During the day, during the day, it says, "Eat it at night." Where we're inferring that you shouldn't eat it during the day because mm-hmm. it says to eat it at night. But it's not a law, a straight up love. And being that it's not a straight up love, we have a general rule that love haba mechlal aseh, a love that is inferred from a mitzvah aseh, is actually aseh. So how could our brighter imply that it was a love? So it wouldn't be malkut. It should not. It should be an aseh without malkut. So why would you get it? Says the Gemara, Amar of Chasta Hamani, Hamani Rabbi Yehuda. It's Rabbi Yehuda. He, the author is Rabbi Yehuda. That seems to answer all the problems. The Tanya, as we learned in the Brayta, Shor vaseh saduwa v'kalut nidava ta'aseh oto. If you have a bull or a sheep that has saduwa v'kalut, either it's one big, one limb bigger than the other, or it's got unsplit hooves, then nidava ta'aseh oto. So it has these birth defects. You have an animal that's born with a birth defect. Either, enjoy, no, enjoy. Either the birth defect, welcome Harry, is that one leg is bigger than the other, or the birth defect is that 
the hooves are not fully split, even though it's a type of animal that would have split hooves. So there, the halacha is that we say that you're allowed to donate it to the Beit HaMikdash, which means normally there's two types of ways There's two types of way to donate to the Beit HaMikdash. You can either donate it as a korban, which can be offered them as Bayah, or you can donate it as value for the upkeep of the Beit HaMikdash. So this type of thing can be donated to the upkeep of the Beit HaMikdash, but it can't be donated as a korban. And it says, That one you can give to the Beit HaGavite. If you get to me, the Beit HaGavite, but if you have an animal that's a tamim, if you have an animal that has normal limbs and normal hooves, you're not allowed to give it to Beit Hakavayit. You have to give it as a korban. That's mm-hmm. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. From here we learn. And if you have a regular good animal, and in, and instead of giving it as a korban, you give it to Beit Hakavayit. You did not say because the word auto implies that only a blemished animal could be given as a as a, to the Beit Hakavayit, and not a fully not like, fully oh. right. I only know that you get an ase if you do it. How do we know that you even get a lotase? Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, right? Since this is we learned that everything in this parasha is a lotase. That's what Behuda says. Now, uh, Tal is giving me funny looks. Because Vaidaber Hashem El Moshe Lemor is doesn't seem to be saying anything about lotases, and therefore he wants to know what is the Gemara talking about. Okay, let's see. Amalo Rebbe Lebar Kapara, Rebbe Es Bar Kapara, who is the quoted? My Mashma, how do you see from Vaidaber Hashem El Moshe Lemor? It's a laugh. Amalo Dechtiv Lemor, where we learned Lo Neemar Lo Neemar Bedvarin. That means lemor is lo neemar. Don't say no. Love neemar. We're saying no. Saying no means it's a love. Be rav ami in rav's yeshiva they would learn lemor to be work like this. Love amur lemor. It's a love. Okay. Either way, they were so telling you that these things are love. Now, what we want to do right now is want to bring that back to us. And therefore, we want to bring it back to us and say that the, the, the love, what we said by Korban Pesach, even though it looked like it was an aseh, is really a love. And how do we know it's a love? It's a love because there's lemon also over there too, which means love amur, and that we can connect to us as well. Is that clear? Good. Okay. Now back to the Mishnah. We're at the two dots now. The Mishnah says, The water that the baker used to rinse his hands, that you have to be poured out. You're not allowed to save that water because since the baker has flour on his hands, he chametzized the water, and therefore he, you're not allowed to use that as the thing. You're not allowed to use that. You have to pour it out. Tani Chada. We learned in one Brighton. Shovchin b'mkom medron. There's a brighter that gives you a little more detail about how it has to be poured out. The mission just says it has Pour to be poured out. But the brighter is going to tell you how to do it. The brighter says, you pour it 
in an inclined place where it's going to run down. You don't put it in, pour it on the floor in a place where it's going to gather. And then you'll have chametz water on the floor. Pour it on a hill where it's going to roll down the hill and be gone. The angel you can't put it in an uneven place where it's going to be gathered. We have a different brighta, which is describing the opposite. It says It says you can pour it even in a place where it has hashmonim, where it can get, collect. So we have a contradiction of brightot. When the Mishnah, the Mishnah is just vague, but the brightot, you have two contradictory brightot. Says my law, kash is not a question. When it's a lot of water, so it could gather, then you have to pour it down the hill. When it's a little bit of water, and it's not going to gather anyway, then you can put it in the Makomotor. Okay. Amar Buda. Isha lo talush ele b'mayim shelanu. A woman, when she makes matzahs, should make sure that the water that she uses to knead the dough should only be mayim shelanu. Women are allowed to make matzahs? Women are allowed to make matzahs, yes. That's like a time balance. Women, first of all, I mean, chayab, women are chayav in eating matzah eating. also. Eating, yeah, whatever. You are aware of that. So, now, eating is a time-bound matzah. Shavuot tov binyamin. Eating is a time-bound matzah, and they're chayav anyway. Okay? There's a special reason why they're chayav. Okay? And once they're chayav in eating, they're not necessarily chayav in baking. But baking is not part of the matzah. And therefore, women are allowed to bake. Nowadays, uh, there's rarely women in the factories. They kind of have mainly men in the factories. But there's some factories that have women kneading the dough. But technically, if the woman knows the laws, women are allowed to make the whole matzah baking process. There's no reason why they can't do the whole process. Really, they should be able to. Um, so anyway, we're talking here. When we say isha here, it's lav dafka. It doesn't have to be specifically a woman. It could be a man also. You can only use mayim shelanu. Mayim shelanu means the water that's used to knead is shelanu. It has to have stayed overnight. Meaning, you can't use water that was left down. It has to have. You can't leave it in the in the. Not gathered water. In other words, let's say you want to go to the well and draw water from the well today in order to use matzah today. You're not allowed to do it. You have to do mayim shalanu. You have to go the night before and leave it out. This way the water is not going to be warm. Sometimes the water that's in the river can be warm and that could cause problems with the matzahs. We need mayim shalanu. In fact, we still do this nowadays. This is the fact. And nowadays, we make sure that the water has to be mayim shalanu. There's actually a big machloket when exactly it has to be taken out in order to be Mayim Shalanu. Uh, you know, there's Hasidim, Sardim, but one of the things that we do when we make our own matzahs, when we make our super duper matzahs, you came with us once, I don't know if you came, that uh, we come, we go the day before and we take out the Mayim Shalanu exactly at the time that we want. It's called the law of Mayim Shalanu. Okay? So anyway, so this, this is the source in the Gemara where it says it, Amr Buda, Mayim Shalanu, you can only use Mayim Shalanu. Papunya. This place called Papunya. And Rav Matna got there. And he was teaching the laws of Pesach. And he made the rule that no one's allowed to use anything besides Mayim Shalanu. From where are we? We are a few lines before the new parak. Okay? It's By the wide lines or the thinner? A little before the wide lines. First words, Bipurinu. 
Okay. Okay. The next day, all the ladies brought their pictures to him. They came over to Rav Matna. They told us, bring us the water. Now, they misunderstood his words. The word lanu oh, maybe hour could be lan, lanu means hours, or it could be lan is sleeping. Lanu means that it slept. We, he meant water that slept overnight. Meaning, you don't need my water. You need water that stayed overnight to make matzah. Mm-hmm. These ladies thought you could only, he was making a rule, you can only use my water. So they came the next morning with the bridges. Okay, give us the water. We're ready. We're ready. We're going to do what to you me. said. And give us the water. First of all, you see a couple of things from it. You see, number one, no, just that, 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 okay, fine. You see, number one, that, uh, first of all, the rabbi makes a rule. It co- no. Seemingly, it's a rule that's nonsense. You can only use our water. Why not? What does that mean? Don't ask. They listen. Okay, good. We can only use your water. The rabbi said, "Only allowed to use his water." Okay, where's the water? Right. That's first of all. Second of all, you see that uh, they weren't so careful how they pronounced the words. Because technically, the words is "maim shelanu." One's, one's "lanu" and one's "lanu." "Lanu" is the, right, right, right. One's sleeping and one one's is hours. And if you pronounce it exactly, you see that when you're learning, you don't have to be so exact in pronunciation. That's what he's doing. Me, very often, especially in the daf, often I'm reading the words and I'm not exactly pronouncing it right. Sometimes I feel bad. I say, you know, something. <coughs> I'm not, you know, not exactly. If I want to be exactly didactic in my words, after all, I'm being recorded and I'm all over the, I'm all over the podcasts. So, but now I don't feel so bad. Look, you see, even even Ramatna, they misunderstood him. So okay, they misunderstood Rabbi Stevie. Nothing. Okay. Before Pesach? It was Pesach, yeah, it was pre Pesach, whatever. <coughs> he told him, Ana debitu amru. I meant war that was left overnight. Darash says, Isha lo talush The woman is not allowed to knead the dough when she's in the sun, because we're afraid that the sun will land on the dough and make the dough hametz. Hametz. You can't use water that got heated by the sun. You can't use water that you drain from the bottom of your urn. She shouldn't lift her hands from the dough until she finishes all the pot, which means when the dough is about to put in the oven, you can't stop Moving it because if you stop moving it, it could get chametzized because it's next to the oven. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, that's that's halacha. Yes. and you need two vessels of water. You need one where you put water on the dough to base the top of it. And the other one to clean your hands, cool your hands off. What would be the halakha if she used warm water to lash? Do we say, hey, we told you to use cool water, you use warm water, uh, it's no good. 
Or do we say, listen, we told you to use cool water because we want you to be extra careful. But if you did it already, okay, it's okay. Right, that's the question. Okay, Ibailu, they want to know. However, Lashamal, Mozucha Amar Mutar. Mozucha said it's still okay. Rav Ashi Amar Asuri says that. Rashi says that. Sure. Amar Mozucha, Mozucha explains himself. Mina Aminala, where could I prove to you that it's okay? The Tanya will learn a different writer. And Lotetin has Saurim Pesach. You can't lotet the barley on Pesach. Remember we mentioned this before, that the normal way before you grind the barley or wheat, you're supposed to be lotet it. You're supposed to soak it in order that you get fine flour as opposed to uh, coarse flour. Okay? You're now allowed to lotet the sonin on Pesach. But if you did do it, nitpaka, if they're split, they are sur. If they didn't get split, it's mutar. So you see that as long as they didn't split, it's mutar. Even though we told you not to do it, it's still okay otherwise. So therefore, we want to say here also, even though we told you not to use warm water, but if you did, it's okay. That's more sutra. Seems to make sense. Is every gizirah of the rabbis woven with the same thread? Just because you saw a different halakha about litita, where it was only the chathila no and b'di'avad yes. Who told you? Maybe it's the same thing over here. Maybe this is not the same. This is very nice. That's true, the law you said by litita. But it's not true over here either. Hadran Allah kol Hashem. We will come back to kol sha'ah and learn this again soon, inshallah. Amen. Okay? Looking forward, Bezat Hashem, to be back over here. Harry, right? Amen. How long? We'll be back seven, here? Six years. Seven years. Seven and a half. Seven? Seven, seven and a half. Seven, six years to get to... The end. To get to Benachot. We want to go back to Perek Kol Sha'ah. Second one of Pesachim. Okay, Eli, we have permission to start the next Perek or not? Yes, we do. Okay. Guys? We're to take off. Now that we have Eli Halabi's permission, we're about to start the next Perek. Ve'elu ovrin bepesach. The following things you're over on the issue of owning chametz on Pesach. Now, of course, everyone knows if you, if you have a loaf of bread, you're over on the issue of having chametz on Pesach. That's obvious. But we want to tell you that even if there's these other things, which technically are not regular chametz items, they're only items that include chametz, okay? There's chametz items straight, and there's items that include chametz. Even these items, you're also over. That's the point of the Mishnah. Okay? So let's think about that. Number one. Kutach Habavli. Babylonian Kutach. Now we mentioned Kutach a bunch of times in... Uh, disgusting thing. Yeah, it's pretty yucky. Yeah. We're going to We're gonna soon see the recipes for it, which are going to make you, uh, you guys want to run home and tell your wives to make it. <laughs> right? Veshechar Hamadi. And beer from Madai. Vechometz Ha'adomi. And vinegar from Edom. The Zetom of the Mitzri is Egyptian Zetom. We'll see tomorrow what that is. Zomam Shal Tzovim is the dyer's Zomam. Ve'amalim Shal Tavachim is cook's bread. They have a special bread that's made for cooks. We're going to see soon that this bread's job is to be put on top of the pot to absorb the steam. And the paste 
that they use for the sofer. A sofer uses paste to paste um, things together, and the paste is made of chametz. You know, all these things you over on Pesach. Even the woman's cosmetics are asur. Anything that's made out of a type of dagan, a type of green, then however, you only get a lav and you don't get karet for this because it's not 100% it's not 100% uh, chametz. Either it's 100% chametz and it's not edible, or it's not 100% chametz because it's mixed with other things. There's three things about kutach habavli. Number one, it clogs the arteries. It blinds the eyes. It weakens the body. What causes it to ruin the heart, but there's whey in it. Whey is the byproduct that comes when a person makes cheese. The cheese ends up floating in whey. That whey, it seems to be bad for the heart. Even though people have it now as a protein thing, but okay. Maybe that's because it's right. Because it has salt in it, sometimes the salt is melts to the meat, and that could cause blinding if you touch your eye after eating it. It weakens the body because the bread that goes into it is moldy bread. And moldy bread is bad for you when you eat it. Good. Tanu Rabbanan. Three things make you have a lot of waste. They also cause you to be hunched. And takes one five hundredth of your eyesight. Bread that is made that's very very coarse now when when you have coarse bread you're talking about whole wheat bread that you left the 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 bran into it right and shekhar chadash fresh beer and raw vegetables there's three things that make a person have less going to the bathroom which is good make you walk straight, which is good. make you have better eyesight, which is good. And there are patnikia, which is white bread, basal shaman, fat meat, yang yashan, and old wine. Patnikia. What does it mean, white bread? Or literally, clean bread. Dismida, it's made out of smid. Smid is semolina flour, which is fine flour. Basal shaman, fatty meat. We use smid in sabusak. Basal shaman, fatty meat. The shifta de la has to be from a, a goat, a female goat that did not give birth and was young. Yain yashan is atik fatiki. It's got to be at least two years old in order to be called old wine and to help your body. In general, if you have something that's good for one part of your body, when you eat it, you'll find that it's a double-edged sword because it helps one and it hurts the other. What's bad for this is good for that. Bar, the only exceptions are things that are always good, are zingbila retifta, fresh ginger, uh, good for sushi addicts, Long peppers, patnikia, and refined bread. Basa shaman, fatty meats, yang yashan, and old wine. For those are good for the whole body, and nothing is bad, it's only good.
Says the Gemara, Sheikhar Hamadi have beer from Madai. The reason why it's Asur from beer is because they add barley water to it. Um, different than the beer, the normal beer in the Gemara, which is beer made out of dates. Says the Gemara, why vinegar from Edom? What's wrong with them? They have to put barley into it. Amar of Nachman, when the Jewish people used to bring their nesechs, their korbanot of wine from Yehuda, the zechut of that would cause that the wine would never turn into vinegar. Normally, uh, a, ba- a, a bad byproduct of wine spoiling is that now you have balsamic vinegar you use in salad dressing. However, because of the zechut, the wine of Yehuda would never get spoiled. And therefore, if you wanted balsamic vinegar, you were in trouble because the wine wouldn't get spoiled. You leave it out and it wouldn't spoil. The only way they would get it to spoil is by putting barley, which would cause the fermentation to happen. They used to call that plain chomets. Every chomets in the olden days used to have barley in it because that was the only way to make it. Now that Zichut went to the people of Edom, they call it the Chomets Adom, is the one that's, uh, that's Chomets, and the Chomets Stam nowadays has no Chomets in it because standard Chomets doesn't need barley anymore to get, uh, to get Chometzized, to get vinegarized. This fills what we always said, when I will fill up the desolate one from the full one, which means that the Jews and the Dom are on one side. If one is nice, the other one's the other one's down, and if one's down, the other one's nice. And that's we we had this Gemara mentioned this earlier about two cities, Kesaria and Yerushalayim, that the two are opposites. When one's up, the other one's down. That's similar idea that the Jews and Edom are on two other sides of the scale. Another source of Nachman calls Amar HaMehachai brings a Pasuk that would quote it and he says one kingdom will be stronger than the other kingdom which means literally means you'll be stronger but we're saying over here it means you get stronger from the other kingdom. You take what they have. So over here what we're trying to say is that uh, we took the Goyim took from us this ability to avoid um, having wine turn bad. Now we have a new law. In the olden days, when you bought vinegar from Amar, so you worried that he might not separate separate Tinuma from, the rule was they would only make it from Temed. Temed is a type of Vinegar that's made from a wine, and the wine is produced not from squeezing grapes necessarily, but from pouring water on grape residue. But nowadays, so it seems like in those days, since the wine, the wine wouldn't turn sour, so there was no way to make it from, or well, it wasn't common to make it from wine, and they would make it from temid. Nowadays, we buy chometz from a go- from a amaaretz. So you have to separate my sin because it's made out of regular wine. Shechazko, ain't no bialim any yain that can make it out of regular wine. Says the Gemara. V'samer Yehuda temed lo ba maaser. Oh, does Yehuda really hold that temed doesn't need maaser from it? V'atan dimunat to the brayta. V'atan ma'im b'midah. If you put matmid, if you're making um, temed, 
which is wine like vinegar that we just said, or wine that's made from grape residue and water. And if you put a quart of, let's say, of water into the grape residue, you find the quart of water is still there. Patur, you patur. We see that Ruda holds that you are chayav when you make temet. So why do we say that you're born from the Amaharetz? You don't have to separate Maaseh from it. I thought he says you're chayav on the temet. Who cares that it's made from temet? He holds you chayav. Hachit kamar. The Moses says, no, this is what we're saying. Being that temet is not so valuable, The Amaharis will always separate Maaseh from it because they don't they don't think that much of it. They try to they're cheap when it comes to wine, but Temid is cheap, and you know, they're cheap people when it comes to wine. But since Temid is so cheap, they they're willing to separate Maaseh and they're not willing to go against the Isur for that. And therefore, that's the answer to the contradiction. Ibait aim another possibility. Next, do really we are worried that they're not going to separate Maaseh from Temid? But Lokash is not a question. Why? Habaderavka habaderpurtsena. One is talking about a case where you made it from the, the, the byproduct of wine, which is the pressed grape skins, and there it's got actual wine, and that's a problem. If they make it with the grape seeds, make it with grape seeds, doesn't need maser. So we're worried that they won't separate, but it might not need if it's made from grape seeds. We said zetomamitri, they make it with one third barley, tilta. Kurtomi, a third of saffron, which is very expensive. Vizilta milcha, and a third of salt. According to Papa, they didn't use barley, they would use wheat, flat wheats instead. Vizimanach, and the way to remember which rabbi is which, is Sisani. Sisani is literally the name of a certain type of vessel, but since it has two sins, so you know that Yosef, who has a sin in his name, is the one who says Sairi, which has a sin in his name. So that's what remember, Rapapa must be the wheat rabbi. Says the Gemara, Tarulahu, how would they make the zitom? They would soak it, Vikalulahu, and they would toast them. Vitakalulahu, and then they would grind them. Vishatulahu, Medivda, Vadatita. They would drink it for Pesach to Shavuot. If you were a constipated guy, you drink this one, you'll be really diarrheic. If your stools are coming out diarrhea, it would make it stronger. If you give it to a sick person, you give it to a lady who is pregnant, then it's very, very dangerous. Now we said Zoman Shil Sovim is also a sword. This is brand water. They use it to dye the red skins that they have. Olacha. Says the Gemara. They would take bread from grain that has not gone one, not grown one third yet. It's less than a third grown, and they harvest it and grind it to make flour. And with the flour, they made bread. And with that bread, they put it on the mouth, on the top of the ketira. It would absorb the. They would it absorb the the steam or froth that comes out of it. If certain types of foods have a froth coming on top of it, and that froth was bad for the food, so the cooks would have this special bread that's very, very absorbent, and they would use that. Says about the kolan shel sofrim, the the kolan sofrim. The machloka, what this is? In Babel, they used to say that that means the, the glue that the shoemakers make. They used to make glue out of wheat, and that wheat was chomus nuksha, 
And that's what Kohan shall suffer from this. Rasim Vechazane Amal, Zet Hipulon Shabrot Ashirim, Shemashirot Otan Levanot Anim. It's actually not that, it's actually a nair type of item, which is a, a paste that they use to take off hair that they don't want. And the wealthy daughters would use it, and since it's so expensive, they would leave it for the poor daughters to recycle afterwards. Amy, is that so? There's four types of Medina. In the Mishnah, which has seven things stated, four of them are made for a whole country to use, and three of them are made only for for craftsmen to use. And this was one of the three craftsmen one. If you say it's the, the stuff that they use, the nair, for the rich lady, rich ladies, this is not, this is not one of the three craftsmen. So there's, only, there's only two craftsmen things. What do you say? Shoemaker's glue? Why would they call it, why would they call it the scribe's paste? It should be shoemaker's paste. Really, it's shoemakers. Why are they called Kolach Sofrim? The Sofrim Nami, because the, the Sofrim also, really, it's it's uh, used mainly for shoemakers, but the Sofrim also used it sometimes, and therefore, it's called Kolach Sofrim. Says the Gemara. Rebeleza says, even the the cosmetics of women, also it's Asur. You think, uh, what's wrong with the cosmetics of women? Rather, it means the treatments of women. What are the treatments of women? If you have Jewish girls who reach um, the time when they're already growing hair, and yet they're too young to that they ought to have hair. They're, they're young enough that they shouldn't have hair, yet they have hair. So they get embarrassed by having it. What happens? If they're... If it's a poor girl, they'll take a seed, which is lime, and they'll use that to get rid of the hairs. They'll use flour, a paste made out of flour, to get rid of the unwanted hairs. If they were princesses, then they use shemen hamor. They'll use something called shemen hamor, as it says by Esther Malka, when they had the big beauty contest. One of the requirements was that every girl spent six months doing a shemen hamor treatment on her skin. My Shemin Amor, where does it come from? If Huna Amar, he says, Satechet. He says, it is Satechet. We don't know what that is. He says, that it's olive oil made from olives that are not yet a third ripe. Less than one third ripe. That olive oil has the ability to take off hairs. Anpikon is also Shemin Hamor. Shemin Zaytel didn't bring a shlish. Why do ladies use this oil on their body? Number one is because it gets rid of the unwanted hair. And it makes the skin soft and nice. We're ending over here at the two dots. Zehaklam. Uh,